Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for being the God of this book that we're studying this morning not only having directed its writing, but now, even now, Lord, as a living God directing its learning. And we pray you do that for us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son, Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish you, thee. For yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see in the eyes of my brother Benjamin that it is my mouth that speaketh unto you. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them, and after that his brethren talked with him. Well, that's some passage. Well, so in our last study, we saw from verse 3, very key here, how this shockwave just went throughout the whole group when Joseph said to them, I am Joseph. (laughs) And those words, I am Joseph, when he said that, everything froze, you can imagine, in the group. And and that's why it says in verse 3, his brethren could not answer him. They were frozen. They couldn't answer him. They were troubled at his presence, even though... Even though, even though 
Joseph had sent the message to them that they would they would they would find their recollect their 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 coming together again, being recollected together. They would find that in as they all gathered around their ailing father Jacob. Still, there was ice. It was just an ice. And he says, and and and, and then he goes on in verse three. And Joseph said unto his brethren, "Come near to me. Come over here. Come near to me. I pray you." And, you know, those were not words from a wronged brother who was seeking revenge, you know, it was like, but those were tender words of love, and there was warmth in those words. There was an affection in those words. It was, and it was only after those brothers heard those inviting words with all that warmth and affection behind it that, that we read in verse 3, they did, and they came near. And, and those, these are the same warm and affectionate invitation that, that comes from the Lord is a, a, to, to man when it says in, in James 4.8, James 4.8, draw near to God. That's an invitation. That's a warm, affectionate invitation to man. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, last Friday, the Jewish people celebrated one of the, the, the high holy days, Yom Kippur, and it, or the day of, they say atonement, it is, but it's the day also, as the literal word means, of covering, the day of covering. And it's interesting because the last word to the Jewish people in the last book of the Old Testament before the great 400 years of silence, and the Jewish people get this word, to carry them through the 400 years, and it's in Malachi 3.7. Malachi 3.7 says, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. And again, God says, return unto me. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, the verse goes on, but ye said, wherein shall we return? So God's invitation, his promise to the Jewish people, it's never changed. Since Malachi 3, 7, return unto me and I will return unto you. And then they respond with a question, how do we do that? Wherein shall we return? How are we going to return? Now, the answer to that question comes after the 400 years of silence in Hebrews 10, 19. In Hebrews 10, 19, it says, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience in our bodies washed with pure water. So their question in Malachi 3.7 is, wherein shall we return? And the answer is, in, in, in Hebrews 10.20, by a... How? By a new and living way. That's the answer. By a new, the, the answer is from Malachi 3 7, wherein shall we return? Hebrews 10 19, by the blood of Jesus. So another Yom Kippur, another one of 2017, without the blood of Jesus, only continues to leave the Malachi 3 7 question of wherein shall we return? How are we going to do that? The Jewish people know they must return to God. They don't know how to. So 
2017, just another year of a Yom Kippur with the Malachi 3.7 question on the table, wherein shall we return? Now, what does the blood of Jesus give in Hebrews 10.19? Hebrews 10.19, the blood of Jesus gives a boldness to enter into the holiest. Hebrews 10.22, Hebrews 10.22, the blood of Jesus gives us the draw nigh with a true heart. Without the blood of Jesus, no one can come to God. Without the blood of Jesus, no one can approach God. Without the blood of Jesus, no one can come to heaven. Without the blood of Jesus, there's no hope of not being cast into hell. But just as Joseph did not make the first move to come to the brothers, but he extended the invitation for the brothers to make the first move to come near. And just as Joseph only came near to the brothers after the brothers came near to Joseph. That's the way it is with God and man. That's the way it is. God calls out to man with that same call that Joseph made, come near. And he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, learn of me, and for I'm meek and lowly in heart, you're going to find rest unto your souls. Same thing he said in the Old Testament in Isaiah 55, 1. Isaiah 55, 1. After the Isaiah 53 chapter, which gives the basis for coming, then he comes in Isaiah 55, 1 and says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come, come ye to the waters. He that hath no no money, come ye. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. He's calling to man, come, come, come. And man has to take the first step to come. And only after man takes that first step that God then takes many steps and leaps over many obstacles to reach man. So God invites man to come and then waits to see if man's going to come. And after man begins to come, God rushes out and meets him. That's why it's so significant in verse 4 when it says, come near to me, I pray you. And then it says, and they came near because it shows this pattern, this pattern that man has to first get close to God. See, Ephesians 2.12, Ephesians 2.12 says it like this, Ephesians 2.12. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you, who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Now, for years, Joseph in Egypt was was not known as Joseph. <laughs> he was known as Zathnath Paneah. And ever since Pharaoh gave him that new name of Zathnath Paneah, Joseph is a lot easier to say than Zathnath Paneah, but anyway, that's what he'd call them. Joseph, ever since he's in that, Joseph always introduced himself. He never said, I am Joseph. He said, I am Zathnath Paneah. So since Pharaoh gave him this name of Zathnath Paneah, Joseph never said to anybody, I'm Joseph. That was finished. That was gone. That was the only name that was known all over Egypt 
was this, and all over the world for that matter, for that Egypt had an influence on, was Zathnath Panea. That was the name of Joseph. And so the name of Joseph was no longer used. The name of Joseph was lost and forgotten. And, and the name of Joseph just became for Joseph just that unused name that really was only for his family if he ever saw them again. So now, after all these years of never using the name of Joseph, Joseph finally is able to say what he has not said in so long when he says in verse 40, in verse 4, verse 4, I am Joseph. That must have been something for him. I mean, you may wonder, like, what was that like for Joseph when he could finally say, no, I am Joseph, you know. He's never said that in a long time. But that was his name. That was his name. It had been buried with his rise to power in Egypt. But now in front of his brothers, he finally can say the forgotten name, I am Joseph. You know, Joseph, in this scene here, using a name that was that 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 was you recognized throughout a foreign country, Zathnapenea, and finally using his name that was familiar to him, that was lost and forgotten, you know, that's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the name, just the name Christ, the name Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, it's like the name Zathnapenea. <laughs> because the name of Christ is foreign to the Jewish people. It's foreign to them. And, 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 and from whom... The Lord Jesus came. It's his family. The name of Christ is a name that is associated among Gentiles, the Gentile world. But even though Christ means Messiah, Christ is a foreign word to the Jewish people. But the name Messiah is not foreign. It's very familiar to the Jewish people. And that will be the name that he's going to use when he says to the Jewish people, he's not going to say, I'm Christ. He's going to say, I am Messiah. I am the Messiah. Just like Joseph says to his brothers in verse 4, I am Joseph. So just like, I mean, the Lord, when he spoke to this Gentile woman who really, in, 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 verse, uh, in John chapter 4 at the well there, in John 4.25, it says that the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. She has to explain that to him, I guess. And, and, and when he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. In other words, that was the clearest statement that he ever made in his ministry. He is the Messiah. And in their point, he's saying, I am Messiah. Now, the brothers, now, they came near to Joseph, and he needed to give them a further encouragement that 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 that, that all is going to be different from here on out, and so he says in verse four, "Come near to me, come near to me, I pray you." Now we read those words, "I pray you," but in the Hebrew it has the connotation of now, now. In other words, there's something very distinct now as compared to the past. It was going to be, "I am your, I am Joseph, your brother, and you are to receive me as your brother," and and, 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 and I will receive you as my brothers, and that's going to be the family that we never were. We never were this family of you 
having received me and really accepted me as your brother. And, and, and so this is all going to be different now. So he uses this Hebrew word, nah, which means now. Now, that's the way it is for us as believers, because we have this family basis of drawing near to God, which is what is emphasized in Galatians 4.4. In Galatians 4.4, it says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This means that God the Father sent the Lord Jesus to redeem us so that we could receive the adoption of sons. And then because we are sons, then we can cry out to God, Father. That's the basis for our coming close to God. It's our adoption as sons into the family. So the basis for them to draw near is what he's saying in verse 4, this Genesis 45, 4, I am Joseph, your brother. Now, then he goes on to say in that verse, verse 4, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now, this is really something, because everything seems to be going so well in the reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. I mean, he's encouraged them to join him in caring for their father, Jacob. He's warmly, he's affectionately invited the brothers to come close to him. The brothers had come close to him. He's emphasized that he is their brother. I mean, everything's going so well. And then all of a sudden, like a bomb, he says, I am, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Of all the things to bring up right now, you know, I mean, I mean, the selling of him as a slave into Egypt just seems to be, it's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable a subject to be, to be put on the table now. Why in the world do you think that Joseph brought this up now? I mean, this is the real elephant in the room. It shows that he is, he shows that he remembers. Okay, what else do you think? Why do you bring this up? Okay, so he's setting the foundation for going on to his next point, which is that God sent him down there. Okay, what else? Anybody got anything? Okay, good. Okay, what Joseph is after here is a complete and thorough reunion with his brothers where nothing could threaten this reunion. Now, there are two problems. <laughs> there are two problems could, that could threaten their reunion. There are two problems that could threaten their reconciliation. What are those two problems that could threaten the reunion between Joseph and his brothers? Okay, grief and anger. Okay, these two problems that could threaten the, re- the reconciliation here between Joseph and his brothers are the same two problems that can threaten any reconciliation and any reunion, and that's why there's so much divorce today, because these problems are not dealt with. And the first potential problem that threatens any reconciliation is if the offended party, this is Joseph in this case, does not fully forgive the offending party. 
which is the brothers, which are the brothers. You know, if someone says, okay, you know, we're going to make up, but, you know, but they don't really forgive, that relationship is heading for a breakup. That's what's going to happen. And Joseph did not want their relationship to break up. So Joseph wanted to show them that he fully forgave them for what they had done to him, which is what you were saying, Tim. This is the, he, he remembers. So Joseph brings up right off the bat what they had done to him. And, and he lays it right out in the open to show them that, look, I am squarely looking at when, when you sold me as a slave. And with that in view, I'm saying, come near to me. He probably wanted to make sure he didn't have a knife in his hand or something. <laughs> but that's the first reason that Joseph said, I am your brother whom you sold into Egypt. And the same is true for us. If we are the offending party and God is the, the offended party and we need this assurance that God has fully forgiven us and, and that assurance that God has forgiven us and it's all seen and it's out in the open is given to us in Colossians 2.13. In Colossians 2.13 is where, is like God saying, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Because there it says, and you, in Colossians 2.13, and you, being dead in sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Forgiven all your trespasses, his cross. It's at the cross. It's at the cross where we see that God forgave all our sins. That's where all judgment of all our sins is in plain view. It's where we see that he nailed all our offenses to the cross. The cross is where we hear God saying, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. The cross is where we hear God saying, I forgive you of all your offending sins against me because here's the judgment of them. And our reconciled relationship with God is made complete when we look and God looks at the cross and we see there God has forgiven us. So that's the first reason. The second reason Joseph brought it up was to bring his brother's to come out and do what? Yeah, repent. Confess it. Confess the wrong that they most dreaded to face. When Joseph said, I am your brother, uh, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt, he was actually helping his brothers. He was like taking them by the hand and says, come on, guys, and I'm going to bring you along so that you can face it and confess it. I mean, the brothers had already said to him, they already said to him their sin, only they thought it was Zathnath Paneah that they were talking to. <laughs> In Genesis 44, 16, Genesis 44, 16, Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord, and what shall we speak, and how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants." Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 